everyone and welcome to Pure Dead PlayStation, a fortnightly PlayStation supplement from Pure Dead Gaming. I'm your host Oni and this week we have lots to talk about. The GTA 6 trailer is out, are we excited for it? Is Game Pass really coming to PlayStation? Are there legitimate game preservation issues out there? E3 is officially dead, which will be a surprise to absolutely no one. Insomniac got hacked, Sony looking to take over Bungie, and lastly, another great sales month for the PlayStation 5. As usual though, I need some guests to do all this. Returning again this week, I've once again drafted in Mr. Luke Steele, and also... Oh wait... It's just me and Luke, that's right. The godfather of pure dead gaming, Craig, had to cancel last minute as sadly, life got in the way. He's a busy man though, he's a busy man. Not too busy to put in 2,000 hours of gaming this year, but busy all the same. Of course I joke, Luke, welcome. How are you doing, buddy? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me uh, back on. No problem at all. And, and, no problem. and you, were, you were recently in Berlin which is fucking mm. magic this time of year. So yeah, how was your how was your break? It was very nice. Yeah, uh, it's very very cold, very cold, uh, which was a bit of a shock. Uh, shouldn't be <laughs> this time of year, really. But you know, in in Europe, but but it was. Um, but yeah, it was it was really nice, really really nice. Good, good. Was it just uh, was just a few days away? Was it? Yeah, just just four four five days. Um, go and see the Christmas markets and some historic stuff and you know eat, eat lots of currywurst and and do all that sort of stuff so yeah it was really good super super well i'm, I'm in prague this time well, in fact this time yeah. next week as we record it i'll be on my way back i should say but yes from uh from sunday i'll be out there for that's my fourth well my fifth time but me and my wife's fourth time there together so excited for that that's and again a bit like yourself you know the markets and too much yep. food and drink. Too much, yep. It's this time it's of the year, great. isn't it? That's what you got to do. Absolutely, absolutely. It's a shame though, because obviously I, I, I will admit I will miss my uh, I will miss my PlayStation the the four days in my way. Judging by mm. my PlayStation wrap up this year, clearly I am going to miss it. Um, did you did you do your wrap up? Have you done it? Yes, yeah, I've done mine. Yeah. Um, it was interesting. What's okay? What, so what was what did what did yours divulge? Yeah, I mean, bear in mind, I think the context is important for mine as well, which is that I, when I'm playing my PlayStation, it's it's mainly, in fact, it's almost exclusively exclusive titles. So mm. mine is a lot, lo- a lot lower than yours. Yes. Um, but mine was about 180 hours this year, uh, which considering, you know, in terms of first party stuff, really it was just Spider-Man 2 that came out. Yes. Um, that's that's quite a large amount uh, for me uh, in that context. So, yeah, so I played a, a lot of that, um, obviously. Um, I played a lot of GT7. Um, I went back to Last of Us Part 1 and Part 2, for example, played played mm-hmm. a bunch of that. Um, and um, Horizon as well. Um, nice. So Burning Shores, I played quite a bit of again. Um, so... Yeah, quite an you know an eclectic mix of of first party stuff. I was quite surprised how much GC Seven I'd played because it's one of those games where I tend to pick it up and play you know like a couple of races, like twenty thirty minutes. But I've done that yes. so much over the year um, that the, the hours are really racked up on it. So <laughs> yeah, so I, I guess a lot of your gaming time will be PC, won't it? So that's yes, where, that's the yeah, bulk. Cause, um, yeah, because that's it. what we were speaking about this in a Discord last night. Is that you know Couchy was saying that you know, like obviously he's on, on like on Steam and that, and there's not really equivalents. It's no. a shame that the others don't have you know a similar structure that you could if you mm. are on PC, you could add it up. You know, because I know there's a lot of people out there that would probably have 
crazy numbers as well, you know, whereas mine yeah. is predominantly just PlayStation as this year went. Yeah, exactly. The The only thing that comes close on PC is, it, well, it's purely if, if you if you game on the Xbox app, um, you know, through, through Game Pass PC, then sure. I think the Xbox year in review also takes into account uh, anything that you've played across, you know, the Xbox platform, so to speak, yes. not just not just your console. So on that, I've got more hours um, than on PlayStation, but actually, the proportion of those hours from Series X to PC is is heavily heavily weighted yeah. in favor of PC. Sure. Um, so I didn't really play my Series X very much at all. Um, no, me neither. This year, me neither. so like, but you know, that's that's by the by if it's on PC as well for me. So. Um, but yeah, no, it, I always, I really enjoy like the kind of wrap up stuff. I always think it's really interesting because you often forget, you know, what's, what's dominated your gaming time in the year or, or what you might have um, picked up and dropped and all that stuff. So it's, it's yeah. cool to see it. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm always curious to see where mine's going to be. And it's funny, like, like I, I finished with 1,155 hours, which I thought was probably mm. about right. Last year, I think it was just over the thousand um, mm. or just under a thousand, I think. And then obviously the first year, the main year, obviously, which was still locked down, I had 1,500 hours, you know, which is, yeah. and I think about that, you know, that's, that's three and a half thousand hours out of a 500 pound machine. It's fucking not bad, yeah, is it? Good, you know, in terms good of for money, money. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's yeah. funny because my, my top two weren't a surprise for me at the end of the year. And it's funny, I, I put a tweet out that this year, I had a little gaming resolution for myself this year, which was to kind of broaden my horizons a little bit and, when I said that to myself, what I meant was was to play a bit more indies and a bit more double A stuff. Like um, a couple of guys in our Discord, like like Chris for one, and, and even Craig to his credit. These guys are a lot better than me at play. They play a lot of indies, a lot of obscure stuff. I'm like, I'm. I think I'm so tuned into the triple A things again. You know, we have only got finite hours. Listen, twelve hundred hours is not twelve hundred yeah. hours, but you know, if we had unlimited time, you would play more. But obviously, as the year went on, first of all, I ended up falling in love with Diablo 4, which I never yep. thought I would. So there was 320 hours there. And then towards the end of the year, I then fell in love with fucking Fortnite. The game I used to slag <laughs> off. I got 150 hours in Fortnite. Like, so technically, technically, I did broaden my horizons just into two of the most fucking triple a games <laughs> imaginable <laughs> far and away of what i planned to but uh yeah and also it was um it was good not not too surprising that uh that, yeah. that, that top two but like i said I, I'm, I'm on holiday from now that's me done for the year and apart from going to prague next year i've um i've been putting in some hours this week it's just me and the pooch um at home which is great so i'm putting in some hours so i, I will i will increase that significantly but we are both playing Avatar. Now, I'm only 10 mm. hours in. Yeah. What, how far in are you? Uh, less than that. I'd probably say about five or six. So or six. I don't think cool. we're that far off. Uh, I've not got my uh, my Ikran yet. I'm just about to do that, I think. So... Um, that, that's the that's the, the flying the mount. beast. Yes. I'm just a way to do that as well. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yep. So... Because I've I've been asked this by a couple of times this week from people kind of you know where are you with with Avatar? Because mm. I've I've always said I'm I'm a big Far Cry fan. I love Far Cry Five. I thought Far Cry Six was really underrated. Mm. So when I saw this, I went, "Oh, it's just a reskin. That's fine." Yeah. But I'll let you go. Listen, you know, you're five hours in. Kind of, what what are you thinking mm. about it so far? Um, I think it's 
fine. <laughs> like I as in as in um uh, it it's not it's not a bad game or anything like that. I think uh, so I'm a I'm a kind of lapsed Far Cry fan as in I absolutely loved Far Cry 2 and Far Cry 3. I mean everybody loves Far Cry 3, right? But mm-hmm. um I I really really loved both of those games. Um Far Cry 4 was uh, mm-hmm. kind of okay. I did really enjoy five and finished five and I just never picked up six. I'm kind of a bit tapped out of Far Cry. And I think that's mainly not necessarily Far Cry's fault, but it's because you've had an overabundance of games that are very similar to Far Cry emerge yes, yes. Uh, as well. So the, the formula is a bit tiring at this point, um, which is why actually just as a side note, I think what, you know, the rumors about a new Far Cry are much more interesting because it seems like they might go in a slightly different direction, which is cool. But anyway, so th- this game is literally Far Cry Avatar. Um, it does have, what I will say is it, it has some unique touches of its own, which I do appreciate in terms of the the open world formula. Um, so I'm sure you've, you know, things like harvesting materials um, is is different. You know, you have to, you're hunting animals, you have to kill them in a clean way to kind of get maximum resource from them. And then there are mini games in terms of harvesting fruits and vegetables and everything on Pandora. So that's really interesting. Um, Combat other than you like everything else is pretty far cry ish. I I feel Um, the, the one thing I do think is great about this game is um, just visually. It's absolutely absolutely spectacular um I'm, i mean i'm playing it on pc um it looks great on all platforms anyway because I've, I've looked across all of them but on pc especially um it has a secret graphics setting called oh. unobtainium uh which you have really? to actually yeah so you actually have to so when you go into the game obviously it has all your graphic sliders and you can put them up to max which i did um and off it goes um but you can actually in the um the through Ubisoft Connect, you can enter a custom uh, entry into the properties. And when you do that, it unlocks a secret uh, mode, which basically takes a sliders, certain sliders up one notch um, from, say, ultra to max. Uh, So if you enable that, um, you can get kind of the the unobtainium experience, which I have done. and, And it just, it's just, it's nothing like, that makes it look so much further beyond the ultra settings, but it, it just still, you know, it kind of pushes it a bit more in every respect or in, in a lot of respects. And it just looks absolutely amazing. It, it's, it's a, an astonishing good look, like an astonishingly good looking game. Um, I can't quite believe it's real time at times when you, when you play it, because it's, it's yeah. so, it's so dense. There's so much yep. detail everywhere. There's so much foliage. The lighting is spectacular. And actually, um, what I am impressed by it, especially, is that, I mean, these guys have got, you know, ray trace global illumination running on consoles at 60 FPS. Yeah. You know, they, like they're, they're really extracting a lot out of, out of consoles when a lot of, you know, people are thinking, well, or, or wondering how much can we actually get out of these consoles now? Um, but it, I just think, I don't know what you think of it visually and, and the soundscape as well. I just think it's fantastic, but yeah, I just, it kind of blows me away. Yeah. I, I think the, the, the visuals are definitely the, the, the best bit about the game for sure is yeah. that kind of that, that scene where you kind of come out this sort of, we call it tunnel into yeah. Pandora and you're like, fuck, this yeah. is yeah, yeah. wow. 
Like, yeah. This is seriously beautiful. I, I, I'm I'm playing it on performance mode, obviously. So mm. I'm taking a graphical downturn, and I'm still like, still holy great. shit. Yeah. Yeah. But massive, the, the, you know, like they they are good. And, and Far Cry Six looks great. Far Cry Five looked great as well. Do you know what I mean? So it's not as if we're speaking about. Mm you know like poor looking games anyway you know six looks great but this yeah. this just looks top notch and you're right to get that much detail and foliage um there must be there must be hidden tricks where you know like behind that foliage foliage it's empty you know to bring it all forward because obviously, <laughs> yeah. obviously your yeah. focal distance is short because you're in a rainforest mm. so they must be doing some sort of trickery because it's that much detail and it's not chugging um yeah it, is, it, is impressive it's, it's so it's so impressive um I've just been really blown away. Yeah, I mean, the thing for me is that it's. I don't know how. I don't know how to describe. It. I tried. I tried to describe this to Craig there day when he asked me because he's got it downloaded, but he's no. He's not. Mm. He's not played it yet. And I'm like, it is a Far Cry reskin, but it's 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 missing something. Something. Yeah, I think. It's you know, what I think it is. I think it's story that it's missing. As in, I think Far Cry kind of captivates you. Because the stories are always very outlandish, politics and things. Yeah, yeah mind and you. The... So technically, so is this. This, you know, that's, I know the but... Avatar story mm. is is just you know it's just a racism story wrapped up in in global warming, isn't it? So so is yeah. this. But I don't. I can't. I can't put my finger on what it's missing. I, what yeah. doesn't help for me is the stealth is really poor. Yeah, it's not. You're good. not. You yeah. know, considering you're in a rainforest where you should be kind of hidden, mm. the stealth is really shit, and you and you break out of stealth so easily and stuff like that so I'm like whereas I'm used to Far Cry or Ubisoft games in general where yes. they're maybe a little bit too lenient at times yeah, but yeah. do you know what that's, that's yeah. I like that so I don't care but I it's kind of missing something but what I would say is I feel as though the game opened up a bit more I was struggling a little bit the first few hours when you then mm. get like the Hunter Bow makes a massive yeah. difference I, I, yeah. the only thing is you then think well what's the point in the long bow the hunter bow I'm just like yeah. it's almost Does too everything. powerful but yeah. yeah when you kind of get that you're like okay right you're getting a bit better now because it's a lot more powerful and stuff and I mm. I'm going to stick with it for sure but I'm not like itching to play no it. I think that's, I think that's, the thing. that's the feeling I get I'm kind of like I when I sit down and I play it like it's perfectly serviceable it's the best yes. way i can just, like you know it's enjoyable enough that you can go and play it i do agree that those first few hours are very yeah, slow it's a long intro so it, yeah intro. It's, it's a bit of a slog to get out of that once you do get out of that and you actually get access to the world properly it, it becomes better but yeah i think i mean i totally agree with you i think you know stealth really should be a very feasible way to run through combat scenarios when but you're in a rainforest when you're in a I mean, rainforest you know, yeah you know, um yeah. but and, and you've got a bow but yes. it seems to me one as you say like um you, you break cover way too easily and enemies yep. is super attuned to spot you which yeah, instantly and they all instantly spot you yeah yeah realistically they would do because you're a, a nine foot navi but mm -hmm. but like for the gamification of it it doesn't work particularly well and then actually i don't know about you but i found it weirdly difficult in combat sometimes like i find that uh and i'm not like on the max setting i'm kind of maybe the second one or the you know the normal mode or, or something it might be on hard but it, it um I, I find it weird when you break cover sometimes and then you know a lot of forces are, are trained onto you and they seem to be 
supremely accurate and your health just seems to drop. Oh, yeah, it's tough. Rapidly. You, yeah, when you get attacked, it's tough. It's so I found that a bit weird. Um, uh, I do like some elements of the combat. I think it's at least somewhat satisfying. And I really like, you know, what I think they've really nailed as well is like the proportion of the Navi to everything else. Mm-hmm. So it's great, yes. you know, you do feel like you're, you know, nine, ten feet tall, which is which yeah. is quite different, especially when you're right next to a human. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, but yeah, it I, I totally agree. It's just missing that that something. It's it's like the the epitome of a seven game, you know? It's yeah. perfectly good, perfectly serviceable, but it's not very special in anything apart from visually and, visually. and audio. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I said obviously I'm not I'm not itching to play, and I'm not what I am itching to get back on and play is Baldur's Gate three. Nice. So I've got Very a bit nice. of a confession, bit of a confession here, and and I'm happy to admit this now. I downloaded Baldur's Gate three on the PlayStation the, the, the day it launched. I was fucking excited for it. I've been dying to play it for ages. Again, slightly coming out of my comfort zone because I'm not used to CRPGs, but I've I've been a historic turn-based fan that's that's annoyed that Final Fantasy isn't turn-based anymore. So for me, I went, oh, this is kind of right up my street. And unfortunately, 14 hours in, I spent pretty much all that 14 hours playing the game drunk and <laughs> didn't quite get it, funnily enough, and ended up rage-deleting it one night when I was a little bit intoxicated. Um, but I decided to, about a week or so ago, go, do you know what? Stop being a dick, re-download it, sober up, and I'm so fucking glad I did. I'm so glad nice. I did. Because since then, I've played another, I think I want to say another 12 hours. Um, I'm kind of gearing to, I'm sort of, well, 26-ish hours in. Um, I'm at what I thought was the end of Act 1, and then they played the fucking Elden Ring card and brought out a whole new fucking map underneath. I went, oh, well, I didn't <laughs> see that coming. That's a, that's a new one. So, yeah, and... Um, the game is so fucking good. Like, it's so, mm. it's so good. And th- to be fair, what I would say is when I was playing it before and that and I wasn't getting on with it, what I did say was you know, all the RPG stuff and the storyline was all great and that is continuing. And I keep, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm, when I'm getting into decisions, I'm like, I'm really racking my brain what to do and how mm. to play this game. And that's cool. I know that's how RPGs are, but I'm trying not to read any spoilers and try not to like be influenced by something. Um, like I've already made a massive mistake and someone's already left my team and left my camp. Apparently I'm like, Oh, guess I can't use them anymore. <laughs> Didn't feel I did that much wrong, but okay. That's just the way it is. Um, yeah. But I'm definitely getting on with it a hell of a lot more now, now that I'm kind of looking at it from a straight point of view and not intoxicated so it's funny the difference that makes in a complicated game isn't it Mm. it does does make somewhat of a difference doesn't it absolutely absolutely um but you are playing something Mm. exciting and i've not got i've not downloaded it yet chris in our discord's played a couple of hours yeah but i know that you're playing god of ragnarok valhalla i am yes i am um I, i i also have Baldur's gate Free, by the way, but oh. I, I prom- promise to myself, Apologies. I haven't, I haven't played it. Um, oh, okay, I, I, right. Super, okay. super. I'm looking rescinding forward my to apology. It. No, yeah, didn't. No need to apologize. <laughs> it was, it was always going to be a Christmas game because I was like an easy get out, you know, because it's such a big game and you really sure. do have to devote some time. So I was like, I'll get stuff out of the way and then at Christmas I'll be my Christmas game. I, I certainly won't complete it even over a Christmas break. It's too big, but but that's I'm going to be focusing on that. But in the interim, uh, yes, I've been playing. Um, God of War Ragnarok Valhalla, which launched uh, yesterday. Yes. Um, 
and uh, I think I've put, I want to say maybe six or seven hours into this already. Wow. Because um, I played it all of last evening and then a bit before um, coming here. So uh, it's it's really good. I mean, I'm, I'm really, <laughs> really shocked. Uh, not, not shocked as in anything that Santa Monica Studios puts out, I expect to be high quality. But when the release date, you know, it, it was only announced five days before it released at the Game Awards, and then it's it's free. And when you hear that, sometimes you think, like, especially it's especially be... from Sony. Come on, I mean, let's, yeah, let's not be. I mean, they the don't do that. When they, you hear they're... that from Sony, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they, you know, <laughs> they do plenty of free updates, but they're usually like, you know, a cosmetics or it's yeah. something like that. They did that for God of, you know, for Ragnarok. But yeah. so for them to say, well, here's this new thing and it's free, you kind of go, okay, well, that's really interesting, but I'm sure it's not, you know, how substantive is that really? Do you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Um, it's, it's, it's really substantial content. Um, wow. Okay. I'd like really, really impressed with it. Um, I think it's incredibly addictive as, as is the case for, for many roguelikes. Um, but it makes, you know, the, the Ragnarok's combat is really good. Um, so it made sense that they would do something like this where the, the focus is on the combat. But what I was really surprised by is the, the nature of the story, you know, the, the amount of voice acting there is in this is really substantial. Um, you know, the variation in environments, the surprises that you get from run to run, you know, new things are filtered in and, and you know, um, become part of each run. Um, it's got all the hallmarks of, of normal roguelikes, but I feel like because of the art and the voice acting and the story, it kind of elevates it above a lot of the ones I've, I've played um, previously. And I'm a big, big roguelike fan. Um so yeah, I just think it's it's spectacular. I'm I'm not done with it. Uh, I haven't. There is a defined ending clearly because it's it's story led. So there is a point where you could say, okay, I've completed it, so okay. to speak. But there's a lot of you can do runs to you know max out your stats and and all of that stuff. So you could you could e I I think you could easily put twenty hours into this, for example, if you were looking to do everything, which is pretty astonishing for a free DLC. Yes. Um it's it's terrific. It's absolutely terrific. And and it's one of those things where you pick it up and then that, that's kind of the only thing I want to play at the minute. Do you know what I mean? Nice. <laughs> like, that's the nice. only thing I want to run through. So uh yeah, it's it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Um and the way they've integrated, you know, elements of, of the roguelike genre into this is is really, really special. Um it's great, yeah. I mean, anybody who has that game, I'd suggest downloading it. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to soon. It's just I've just obviously not had a chance the last sort of day. Um, I know Chris has, and he was even after a couple of hours, he was like, "Holy shit, this is this is more significant than I thought." Yeah, like, mm, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's, uh, it's big. Ah, good, good. And uh, and lastly, I'm just I'm going to shout it out. Everybody fucking hates it. I used to hate it, but a quick shout out to uh, the new the new content in Fortnite. Cause it's oh god, I hate how much I love this fucking game, and it's we've we've got a squad of 30, 40 year old grown ass men all playing Fortnite. It's unbelievable. Um, but the new chapter's great. The Lego um, Minecraft ripoff is surprisingly impressive, and yeah, um, if you do like Fortnite, you must be loving it. And if you haven't tried it, eh, maybe now's the time because it's a uh, it's a 
fucking good game as much as i hate to admit that and 12 months ago you'd have never caught me dead saying those words but i'm not going to say anymore because people hate fortnite so we can uh, very impressive it's very impressive it is i think the the content that they've done yeah it really is and and yeah fair fucking play to them um they they see it as a cash guy and it is a cash guy and epic Mm. are struggling so they're um they're definitely milking it but they're milking it in the right way and i've no problem with that at all and i'll and i'll say the line you know what i've said this line a few times because people have been like oh 15 pound for that skin and 12 pound for that skin and 20 pound. see if you get a free game see if you want to pay 20 quid to look like a walking dildo that's your choice who gives a fuck <laughs> your money if you're putting I've, I've put 150 hours in a free game you tell me i can't spend 20 quid in a skin come on yeah. come on people come on right um I just kind of want to gauge people's interest. GTA Six trailer. What's mm. your um? You know, how are you feeling after seeing the trailer? It's been what uh, ten days since we saw it. Yeah. Um, I'm just I'm asking everyone that same question. I didn't want to get bog- too bogged down in it, but yeah, but sure. Yeah. What's your thoughts? Uh, yeah. So I'm like I am a, a GTA fan. Uh, I played every GTA and and Red Dead Redemption One and Two. Uh, and so I, I I guess I'm a Rockstar fan, but I'm not like a huge one because i feel like particularly i I have a i guess a somewhat controversial opinion about red dead 2 but i just think that apart from set are you agreeing with me that's overrated yeah yes yeah i do i do i do think it is um (laughs) sorry chris i think i think it's spectacular at certain things like it's open world it's visuals its story is very good Mm -hmm. what i what i've become a bit tired of in rockstar games is is it gameplay Yes. Um, I found it a bit plodding, a bit slow. Mission design is really linear, like really, really linear. Um, and I don't quite like that. So I'm hoping that changes for the new game. But uh, I, so I wasn't really that excited to see GTA 6. Other than I was really excited to see how it looked visually because Rockstar, are, if nothing else, you know, technical wizards. Yes. Um, and I absolutely like, I loved that trailer. I absolutely loved it. I've watched it. I've literally watched it about 10, 15 times <laughs> since it came out. Uh, I think it's the, the mixture of how it's edited and, and the Tom Petty, you know, with the music, yes. um, which I'm a big fan of. Um, but yeah, I, th- I thought it looked, I mean, visually like I had expectations and I feel like it exceeded those, um, because I think it looks absolutely incredible. Um, and it pains me greatly that they will do what they normally do which is not release a pc version until like a year after it comes mm. out on consoles yeah uh and i and i get why they do it and it's their choice but it, it's re- it, like it's frustrating um which means i'm gonna have to pick it up on the inevitable playstation 5 pro um so i won't be hey, suffering i won't be suffering too much but you know it's, it's still it would be nice to play on pc day one and, and yeah. there's no doubt i'll double dip on it as well but yeah i think it looks great um you know like i said visually it's great i really like the the dual protagonist idea the bonnie and clyde stuff that they're doing yes i think all character design in that trailer was just superb um the density again of everything the lighting the variation on npcs and i think as well some people are always a bit skeptical but rockstar always deliver like they've always delivered on the uh, bare minimum the visuals of every trailer they've ever released Mm-hmm. So I think you can be reasonably confident that that's indicative of what the game will look, you know, obviously different angles, but what the game will look like when you play it, which is amazing. I mean, it's absolutely yeah. amazing. So, um, 
yeah, I don't know how you felt about it, but I was really impressed. Yeah, it, uh, uh, the, the first time I was a little bit like, well, what? And then, and then I then slowed down and, and watched it again about an hour later. I thought, ah, okay, now I yeah. see it. Yeah, and I, I, I'm a, I'm a massive Vice City fan. And I love to be fair. Oh, GTA yeah. Three is still my favourite title of the whole series. Mm. Um, but I love Vice City as well. I, 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 I like the 80s as a genre in terms of yes, music and films yeah. mm-hmm. and the colour. So the 80s as, a, as an era, I love the 80s. Um, so I've always loved the sort of Vice City one. So having that in a sort of modern set, a modern Miami, albeit I think it'll have the heartbeats of the Vice City game. Yeah, yeah. excited for it. Um, I think the Bonnie and Clyde storyline looks great. What I did like in the trailer was there's a cool scene where... Um, what is it? What, what's our... Is, um, what do we know the protagonist's name is? Is it Lucia? Oh, Lucia, yeah. Lucia, she's they're on the bed. She's on the bed, obviously with with the, with the, with, the, with the Clyde, I suppose you can call it. Um, yeah. And she sort of sat on top of him, and she says, and she says, trust, and he goes, trust or something. You know, there's this yeah, like, this agreement yeah. of trust. And I'm like, oh, is that a little hint? Of yeah. a sign of things to come. Is there, yeah. you know, is, is there going to be some sort of double crossing going on? Mm. Um, I thought that was a little bit interesting. That little trust, little thing there, a little nod, mm. you know. Because obviously in GTA Five we had the whole, you know, FBI undercover thing, didn't we? So yes, I am um, yeah. curious to see how how that's going to land. But it's the game's going to be stupidly big. I don't mean oh, yeah. although big will come to that. But it's going to be big mm. as in sell big. Big. I'm. I'm a little bit concerned on on the map size. I must admit. Um. I've said for years. Really, since I've been saying this since GTA Four. Maps are getting far too fucking big, and Rockstar yeah. are the world's worst. You know that that Red Dead Redemption Two map is a disgrace. GTA Five's <laughs> map is a disgrace. Everything north of what is Hollywood, you literally takes a fifteen minute drive to fucking get anywhere. <laughs> yeah. It's so bad that I'm just that I'm hoping that the you know I know I've seen some mock ups of the map. I'm like, please tell me that's not the case because that will really yeah, put me big, off. I must admit. Yeah. Too fucking big, man. Um, so that's the only thing I'm a little bit apprehensive about is is the map size and how they're going to implement online. Yeah, very curious because GTA Online is stupidly big. It's it's yeah. too big. Yeah. It's too big for Rockstar to ignore with a new game. Interested to see how they're going to implement that. I wonder if they'll still have online as a separate game. And I in my head. Yeah, but see, in my head, I wonder if they'll do something like Death Stranding, where Death Stranding is not a co-op game by any means. Mm. But when you play that game, as long as obviously you're connected to the internet, you've got community building in it, like you know, like like yes. you know, people yeah. build things in their world that can go into yours and stuff, and it's, it's fucking brilliant for that. That sort of co-op linking. Mm. I wonder if they'll somehow try and do something like that, where there's this tie-in to the online game. You don't have to utilize it but it's there and you're almost stupid not to like you can ignore other people's structures in Death Stranding, but you'd be stupid yeah. to because it's saving new materials. So I wonder if they'll try and do something like that. There'll be a link. They'll still be separate, but you'd be mad to ignore it. We'll see because Rockstar are, are, are very, very, very fucking clever. And again, rumors are they're throwing what they reckon anything between 700 and a billion dollars at this game. Yeah. You know, so yeah. Yeah. We'll yeah. See. I think, um, yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, it's going to be massive. Um, the online, especially, will be massive. And I, I do wonder if some of the map influence is in it of itself influenced by a want to make a bigger world for online uh, as well. Um, yeah. You know, have a have a bigger space. Um, I'm not I'm not too concerned about the map being super big 
uh, so much as it depends on the content that's there to fill it. Like at least you know that world will be very beautiful. Yes. Um, and if it's got a good fast travel system, then that's okay. And if it's got good content to fill it, what I don't want is like a Assassin's Creed Valhalla situation where it's just, you know, astronomically huge and just yeah. full of not very interesting stuff to do. Um, but I feel like, uh, you know, if you look at something like Red Dead, even though it's really big, one thing they did really well there was have those, you know, those dynamic events yes. that would just occur. Like that was really interesting, cool stuff. So I, I imagine they're going to have a load of those and probably double down on it in this as well. So, so yeah. it won't be too bad, but yeah, it's going to, I mean, it's still the sales on this game, uh, the, the <laughs> amount of money it's going to make is it, going to be incredible yeah so it's unfathomable to think the numbers yeah. it will do given yeah. the fact that gta 5 still one of the best selling games every yeah. year yeah. a decade later it's, it's crazy absurd crazy. absurd um something else i kind of want to talk about i've not had the chance to talk about it yet um there's been discussions lately about the idea of game pass coming to playstation kind of wanted to kind of gauge your opinion on this as well and, and you know lots of people have had their say on it and, and i thought it'd be curious for us to kind of talk about it so for those who maybe who maybe don't know um xbox ceo tim stewart he was recently at a wells fargo summit um and he, he was obviously you know talking to the crowd whatever else and and he and he said and, he, and the quote was first party subscriptions advertising those are all high margin businesses we want to expand into and what you'll hear from us is more and more is a bit of a change of strategy. And again, not announcing anything broadly here, but our mission is to bring our first party experiences, our subscription services, to every screen that can play a game. That means smart TVs, that means mobile devices, that means what we would have thought as comp sorry, that's what we would have thought of competitors in the past, like PlayStation and Nintendo. And then what happened was a few days later. Phil Spencer went into defense mode and he got he gave an interview to Windows Central. And he was yep. directly asked the question to respond to Tim Stewart's comments. And he said, categor categorically, I'll start by saying we have no plans to bring Game Pass to PlayStation or Nintendo. It's not in our plans. So you kind of have these two very opposite opinions from two very high-ranking members of the Xbox leadership team. And it's funny because I actually saw on Twitter someone someone shared a clip of Colin Moriarty on Sacred Symbols, just a little sort of 20-second clip, and he was obviously discussing it on, 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 on last week's episode, and, and he said something like, what's very evident here by this is that you have two top executives at Xbox who are clearly not on the same page. Mm. And that's pretty worrying. You know, so, mm. yeah. So what was, uh, yeah, so what's your kind of, you know, I mean, what's your opinion on kind of what's been said there? Do you think it will ever happen? Kind of what would what would Game Pass on PlayStation look like if it ever came? Yeah, uh, it, it's interesting, isn't it? Because um, you do have very contradictory language from them both. I know Phil Spencer said in the past that, you know, the aim is, is to get it on as, as many um, screens as possible. Yes. Um, so that wouldn't preclude um going on to competitors as well um in some form at least um i don't know i, I suspect I, I genuinely think that if they could do it uh they as in microsoft if they could bring it to uh, other platforms like the playstation and the switch even in even if it's just cloud form they would probably want to 
um, because the subscription, you know, the, the service is, is driven by subscriptions. And if you can expose more people to it, um, then you get more subscriptions. Yes. Um, what I imagine is I, I don't think, at least now, PlayStation or Nintendo are particularly reticent to having it on their platform for whatever reason. So, um, you know, I don't, I, I can't see in the short to medium term it, it, it happening at all, um, much less, you know, Microsoft starting to natively develop, you know, first party games, for example, for other, other platforms. I don't think we'll get to that maybe ever. Hmm. Um, but I don't know uh, because I don't know the way in which they are going, you know? Um, I don't funny, think them. Because it's funny you say that, just, just to interject there, because. Yeah, yeah. I read this very differently to a lot of people, I think, anyway. Because mm. I, I, I looked again at what, what Tim Stewart said, and, and to, read his, to read it out again, our mission is to bring our first-party experiences, our subscription services, to every screen that can play a game. He's talking about two things there. Our first-party experiences, yeah. one. Our subscription services, two. To every screen that can play games. Phil Spencer was asked... Are you bringing your subscription services to, to PlayStation? No. He was never asked, are you going to put your games a la carte on PlayStation and sell them? He was never asked that mm. question. And this is the thing, is that I think we're speaking about two different things here. Or sorry, Tim Stewart is speaking about two or three different avenues. Mm. Phil Spencer was only asked one thing distinctly, which was Game Pass. Yeah. And if you, know, if you were to say to me, you know, do you ever see a world where Game Pass is on PlayStation? I can't. But what mm. I can see, I, I genuinely can see some Xbox games being sold third party. I genuinely can. I'm not talking about Halo. Mm. I don't think Halo ever will be. But yeah. are you telling me a future Gears of War couldn't be on PlayStation? Gears of War is literally a PlayStation game. It's a third party over the shoulder shooter. It's a fucking, it's a slam dunk mm. PlayStation game. So I, I suppose I, it's... Yeah, sorry. No, no. I, I mean, I suppose in some sense they're already doing that, right? Uh, or, or they will be more so in the future. If you think about, um, you know, Call of Duty now, obviously. Yes, they've been forced to, yeah. Uh, yeah sure. You know, and, and probably, f you know, future, certain future Blizzard games, for example, um, probably the same multi-platform uh, across multiple ones. But yeah, I, I see what you mean in terms of those, you know, like your Gears or, or something like that. But I just, I, I don't, it's hard to rule it out in the in the future, but I just can't see it in any time soon. You know, I mean, twenty years from now, I think the industry could have entirely changed and yes. the directionality of these platforms. Like we just we're just never in a position to be able to say that. So it may well be that twenty years in the future, Microsoft go, you know what? Actually, we're still going to bring hardware out because you think that's important. Yeah. But in terms of software, we're we're committed now to putting it on wherever, and that includes. Um, other platforms, but you know, you, you you know, you don't. Sony could be in that position by then. Do you know what I mean? Like you just mm -hmm, don't, you just sure. don't know. So, yeah. um, but I think if there's one that's more aligned in that direction at present, it is probably Microsoft. Um, yeah. It, but it'll be interesting over the next few years. I think particularly with the ABK stuff to see what they choose to put on and where. You know, Call of Duty aside, which we know is always going to be remain on PlayStation and stuff, but or at least for the next ten years. Um, it's going to be quite interesting to see, you know, because that might give some hints as to where they want to go in the future and what that relationship is like. Um, but the, the other side of the coin is always going to be what, what does the platform holder want? 
you know, yeah. uh, what a Sony want. Um, which is well, the thing a, is, is that there's, there's, you can say there's, there's no, there's no way that PlayStation want Game Pass on on yeah. the PlayStation. So no chance, no. because no. the problem, what you have is you have two vastly different types of buyers now. You have one. You have you have one side that no longer wants to buy games because they've now been funneled down the subscription model. And why would you? When was the last time you you paid for a film? You know, compared to maybe fifteen years ago, when was the last time yeah. you bought an album as opposed to streaming it? So they've so that one side's gone down. And, and PlayStation doesn't want to go down that road. And it knows it can't. Um, mm. Certainly not anytime soon. Um, I mean. I, the, the the big without try, without trying to stick the needle in, in, into into Xbox is that you know PlayStation relies on the fact that PlayStation side buys games and and all the evidence and, and stats and numbers are there to back that up. Mm. You know if you fostered if you fostered that ecosystem, you can't revert back. You can't go back on that. You know, um, you take something like Liza P. Liza P went to Game Pass. Great, you know, it was you know, and obviously it was sold on PlayStation. I'm sure Liza P sold a million copies. Now you can imagine the bulk of that million copies was on PlayStation. It had to be, you know, statistically it would have to be. Um, you know, so you know, you take your thirty percent. PlayStation made fifteen million dollars off that game just by putting it on there. Well, they're not going to give. That's just one game that did a million copies. They're not going to start throwing yeah. that money away because third-party games are on. You know, you've got this now. This now, you know, um, Game Pass Cloud version on PlayStation that plays. Well, why? Why would I buy Liza P? I can now just play it on my PlayStation through Game Pass. So, how how yeah. the system would even look? Would it just be a first-party Game Pass? In which case, how much would really be on there? Mm. There's 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 so many so many things up in the air. But ultimately, there's there's no doubt about it that the the people stopping it is is PlayStation because I don't believe I don't believe for a second that Xbox wouldn't put it on there if they could. Yeah, I feel I feel like they would. Uh, if they're willing, if they're willing to put it on Samsung TVs and they're willing to put it on GeForce yeah. now, then they put yeah. it on fucking fifty million even, PlayStations, you know. Or as I say, if, even if that's just cloud streaming, uh, yes, they, they which would, would be, they yeah. would want it, which it, which it would be because there are all sorts of permutations and difficulties about trying to bring the wholesale game pass experience to other platforms not least of which is one of the points you said which is that you know the the third party games that microsoft getting that that service assigned on a you know a platform basis into game pass not not across you know that doesn't mean they can just start putting it across um other uh platforms that aren't within within that deal and obviously then you get into difficulties about Sony losing money on sales of games that are in Game Pass that's now on their platform and all, all that sort of stuff. So, um, so yeah, um, yeah. I, just, I suspect that if they could, they would Microsoft uh, at least at just just a cloud version. But yeah, I don't don't think Sony want that. Um, at least not now. No. Um, probably the same a la, for a la carte native versions. I don't. Sony wouldn't say no. I don't believe if they were off if they're offered Gears of War. I don't. Yeah, know, I, d- I don't or see. Fable. I don't see why they would, as in why they'd say no, because yeah. um, ultimately they'll take a cut of the sales. If, take if, a 30% you know, native, and you want to get in yeah. before, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So um, so I think Sony would probably be very willing in that scenario, but then the question kind of flips and it's, well, would Microsoft be willing to then have, a, have another platform to develop for and, you know, be directly funneling money to their competitor which 
you know, kind of kind of exist in the opposite way now in terms of Call of Duty and stuff. So it does happen. So maybe maybe this is a future, you know, like I said, 15, 20 years down the line where everything's changed. And yeah. And we're just in a different world. But. Yeah. And listen, the, the landscape is going to change in the next five years and then even 10 oh, yeah. years and then especially yeah. 20 years, isn't it? So, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'll be, I'll be nearly fucking 60, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. Gaming out of my hospital bed somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's sixty. <laughs> well, well, something's too much drinking. If that's yeah. probably, yeah, probably. <laughs> That'll get me. That'll get me first. Yeah. <laughs> um, should we should we be concerned? Is, or have we had a warning sign recently about game preservation as we move into into the digital age? In the last couple of weeks, we've had two separate incidents affecting PlayStation users directly. Uh, firstly, PlayStation is removing purchase discovery television shows from its platform by the end of this month. In a legal notice sent to users who have previously bought discovery content on the PlayStation Store, the company said, "Sorry, the company said shows will become unavailable due to licensing issues from December 31st." And then last week, a very concerning incident happened. We had numerous PlayStation users have their accounts blocked for what seemed like no apparent reason the issues were shared on twitter reddit and reset era um or reset i never know how to say that um i must admit look when i saw the discovery content thing, i thought well listen this is like this is this is out with sony's control blah 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 it is it, it's just the issue with digital age i guess and then when i then saw people having their accounts blocked which turns mm. out obviously is a mistake and i, I get that but for me, it's all a little bit alarming because yeah. I started to realize that for example, when you when you buy digital, which now most of my purchases are digital, I'm kind of I'm I'm in that trend where sixty five percent of people are, are buying digital. We have no rights and no power to what we buy, and PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo. If you buy digitally, they literally hold all the cards to you owning that product because you don't own it you own yeah. nothing they make all the rules if they decide they don't like something you do they just ban you and you've signed the terms and conditions which none of us read mm. and you know you can effectively be banned for something that's well you just use playstation because it's relevant you playstation don't like something you say online or on a game they ban you and you lose everything so not just your trophies, not just your history, you lose all your purchases. They're gone. They're unrecoverable. You have mm. no protection should they decide they're not happy with you. And there's no there's no jury, there's no fucking there's no defense here. There's there's nothing. It's just their way or the highway. And I must admit, this kind of worried me a little bit. I know it's a bit extreme, I get that, because this was a mistake, blah blah. But I'm thinking about we just spoke about a minute ago, the next 15, 20 years when it's all digital. Yeah. And yeah, um, I, I'm, I must admit, I can see there being a point in the future when the EU intervene here and start giving more protection to digital purchases. Yeah. 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 I, I suspect it will probably go that way at some point. Um, yeah. I, I'm kind of, so it does, it does concern me in a sense of, you know, um, Sony can ban you for any breach of the the terms and conditions. Um, so it's, they can't just pluck something out of thin air. But the terms and conditions are super broad, yes. and they can amend them at any time they want, effectively, uh, just by notifying you. 
um, and then getting you to sign up to a new set, basically. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, that's that's worrying on the one hand, and obviously when they have manifest errors like these bannings, that's quite worrying because it's like, well, how how in control of that system are you? You know, mm-hmm. and it's a great inconvenience to be effectively locked out of your account. Um, but it on the on the other hand, I'm I've kind of just accepted that that's the way it is now. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you're effectively participating in a long term rental of digital games. That's what you're doing because there's no guarantee in ten fifteen years that that game will be available for you anymore. Um, and so. And that and that sucks because you've spent a you know a premium price on it, um, but it's just the age that we're kind of moving to and moving for out at the moment. Um, I do think there'll be more consumer level protections introduced, and that might take some kind of you know competition investigation, uh, you know, from the EU Commission or the CMA or, or you know the FTC in America or something like that about how these platforms um, control their platforms and and the way in which you access content and all that sort of stuff. Um, It may be, you know, consumer rights groups or um, some other consumer-related entity that looks into that and puts pressure on on these platforms to do something. But even then, the something that they can do is, is, is limited because it's not as if, you know, these platforms can guarantee you'll have access to something for you know, in perpetuity forever, they can't do that. So um, I'd, I'd be interested to see what the protections would be, Yeah. Um, you know, years from now. Certainly, even, of- even for me, you're right about the perpetuity thing, especially with digital, because obviously it's servers. You know, if you've got a physical disc, yeah. as long as that disc still works, you have got it for as long as you've got a machine. That mm. I get. But for me, the one thing that has to change is, okay, um, Luke Steele, you've been a dick online you called me a cunt online we are now banning your account you're no longer welcome to play online but you shouldn't be able to take your purchases you spent thousands of pounds on games yeah because if you still had the physical game you could still play it so that's the bit for Mm. me just because your account's locked you should not lose thousands of pounds of purchases just because they don't like something that you've said you've not broken any laws calling someone a cunt doesn't break a law but it'll ban you from playing online and it'll ban your account so that for me is where we need the protection i think you know like people okay i like to think that everyone who's been affected by this will will all be it will be you know relieved and 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 it'll be sorted but come on that's a lot of money yeah i I totally agree with that um and uh i mean it's interesting because even on a lot of physical games now the the ownership is is um it it's not even that is not real Per se, you know, you you just disc is just a key, and it's all still license based, and and some games don't even have any content on the disc anyway. Some do, Mm -hmm. um. So even that's moving that way, you know. It's just it's more like uh, tokenism, you know, (laughs) to make you feel like you you have some physical ownership, and and you do, but just of a case and a a disc, which is otherwise useless unless you connect it to a network. (laughs) So, um, so so it's so it's interesting, but yeah, I think I think you know them them as you say, if you are banned from online, okay, that's one thing, but you shouldn't have your account locked where you've got. Well, any purchases, but particularly significant purchases, you know, we yeah. spent 
hundreds, thousands of pounds on this and then you're unable to play any games at all, I think that's pretty ridiculous. Um, yes. So, yeah, I think that would be the main protection. And then beyond that, I have to see. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Listen, I, I know, I know it's, it's old man yelling at clouds here, you know, because <laughs> the digital age is, is coming. It's already here in music. It's, it's halfway there in movies. Um, you know, when, when the likes of, when, when good guys like Scorsese and that go and Spielberg go, that'll probably then push the digital age along even further. Maybe, uh, mind you, the last two Scorsese films have been Netflix anyway, haven't they? So maybe it's further <laughs> along than I think, you know, and we're just, we're just kidding ourselves at the cinema still means something, but yeah, I get it. You know, and, and you know, PlayStation, they've, they've released their digital split and it's 65 to 70% fluctuating quarter to quarter, which is huge, you know, and, and COVID's yeah. pushed that along. We get that. No one no one expected it to be 65% before, even before the end of this decade, I think you'd have been surprised. So I get all that. I know it is old man stuff going on here, but I just like, I, I don't like seeing people losing money over yep. what a class is. Common sense. You know, yep. end of the day, Yep. Listen, if you've been if you've been defrauding PlayStation, fine. Okay, that's that you've you, it's gone. You've you've lost your money. You 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 defrauded the company. Sorry, you're gone. But then blocking your account because you insulted someone online, they didn't like it. They complained. You lose your account. Well, that's an opinion thing. It's not a law break here. And I just mm. think there's just got to be there's got to be some wee fixes, we we tweaks there. But ah, yeah. again, it's another thing of in 15 years time when everything's streamable anyway all this will be fucking irrelevant anyway so because <laughs> your digital purchases today will be fucking useless anyway yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of fucking useless um, next up from gamesindustry.biz Studio Fantastic has shut down less than a week after the day before launched in early access on Steam I really wanted it to be the day after because I wanted to say the day after the day before you <laughs> yeah, see yeah. I know but they fucking ruined yeah. it an announcement on social media, the studio said the day before has failed financially and we lack the funds to continue. All income received is being used to pay off debts to our partners. We did everything within our power, but unfortunately we miscalculated our capabilities. Creating games is an incredibly challenging endeavour. Fantastic was founded in 2015. It has gone on to co-develop titles such as The Wild 8, Develop Radiant 1 and Prop Night. The news comes a month after Fantastic delayed the day before as it previously had a release date of November the 10th. In January, the MMO title was delayed due to a trademark claim, leading and leading to it being delisted on Steam. I think it was one of the most wishlisted games at one point. Um, mm-hmm. Last year, it was also revealed that the day before has been developed in part with unpaid staffers. Um, this game just feels like a giant scam. Um, mm-hmm. Not unlike, is it? Is it Star Citizen? Is that the game? This fucking. Oh, that's that's different. I I will not hear Star Citizen slander. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I take it back. <laughs> um, no, but I, I, yeah, I think this this one. Um, I yeah, I think I think. Oh, I mean, I saw this one when it was first revealed, and it and the first reveal video looked really cool. But you could tell that it was just you know it's bullshit. like old yeah. Ubisoft bullshit, basically. So. Yeah. Um, and I was really surprised, you know, because I saw it and then I was like, oh, yeah, that's all bullshit. I'm not really interested in that at all and moved on with my life. Um, but I was really surprised that it got so much traction on P- on PC, uh, this this game. Um, yeah. Was that right were, saying it was the most wishlisted game at it, one point? It was, it was up there, yeah. It was very, yeah. very heavily sought after. Um, so I, I was very surprised that 
people were so attracted to it uh, because it doesn't really do. I mean, it's just, even if you looked at the original, the original video, which had this big grand MMO vision, it just looked like the division reskinned, but with That's it, zombies yeah. basically. Yeah. So I don't really get why, it, you know, and it had vehicles and stuff. It had some extra stuff, but it, it wasn't anything to be like, Oh wow. You know, look at this game coming. So I was very surprised that it got so much traction. And then the problem started as, it, as development went on where they, like you mentioned like some of the stuff but you know they they would say oh it's releasing on x day and then like a week before they'd push it to a, a new date or an undisclosed date and say they the, some weird problem they would say um like the, the copyright one for example um then there was the there were ones where they'd say uh you know a new trailer releasing and then they'd delay that for like weeks and weeks it was very abandoned esque you know that kind of stuff um so uh and and at that point i think everybody should have known this is not right at all and then when they started revealing stuff again and getting closer to the actual launch they would you know a lot of the stuff that they previously shown they they weren't showing anymore um they weren't really commenting on it to the point where when it actually launched they went back and scrubbed a load of the trailers that they'd made <laughs> Um, oh really from like a like year ago you know all ah, the all the big mmo related stuff that they bastards so, yeah so they scrubbed all that from from youtube so that people couldn't go back and go well none of that's in the game because it, what, what the game eventually ended up launching as was an extraction shooter yeah which wasn't at all what they promised they promised a, a you know a division type open world mmo um so it's just bullshit basically um mm -hmm. So it doesn't, yeah, I mean, I just feel sorry for people, obviously, that have, you know, I, I think it sold like 250,000 copies, early access. Um, so there's a lot, of, and I think I read somewhere about 75% of those have been uh, claimed for refund and, and will be refunded. Yeah, yeah, um, I think Steam, Steam are, are, are coming good, thankfully, yeah. Yeah, uh, and I think, uh, you know, if, if, if Fantastic wouldn't, you know, go in on the refund. I think probably Valve would have to step in at that point and, and honor those um, for, for, for ultimately letting the game on the, on the store, you know, in the first place. Um, but yeah, it's just been a really wild journey with that game. And then for them to, you know, close, close down like a week, a week, clear. A, a yeah. week later is just absolutely comical um, yeah. because it's very much a situation of, well, they're tr maybe trying to take the money and run there uh, and I, they won't yeah. get away with all of that but you know it's it's kind of like well we're done you know we, we can't we can't do it and and probably i mean there's probably some element of truth in, in their words they don't have the money to do it because i imagine you know if you sell two hundred fifty thousand copies that's fantastic you make a load of money from that even with a steam cut but yeah. um most people are refunding it so you get nothing um but they're only in that position because they were talking shit about the game yes. you know they, they they were lying about what it was and what it was going to be so they've got yeah it's pretty pathetic to be honest um fr from the whole yeah. thing but there we go yeah yeah and you've and you then had some asshole on their social media replying to someone saying ah shit happens or that's, yeah, that's yeah, nice you know what i mean yeah yeah yeah, you yeah know, the people yes. have lost their jobs yeah shit happens yeah it's just a joke Although, isn't it yeah, although I see, I don't know if it was this morning, uh, Tom Henson, Tom, yeah, Tom Henderson over at Insider Gaming has reported that it looks as though they've they've restarted up secretly. Um, yeah, a new studio. studio. 
what was it they called it? Because I made, a, I made what I thought was a very funny joke. Um, changed his name to eight points. And my reply was, you sure that's not just a credit score? Which I thought was very clever and <laughs> nobody... Oh, and I got one like on that yeah, hilarious, hilarious little joke <laughs> I made. Yes, so um, maybe maybe they're not dead yet, but they're clearly dead in the eyes of, of gamers, aren't they? So, yep. yes. Yeah. Speaking of dead, speaking of rest in peace, E3... The game industry's former flagship annual event is officially dead, according to the Entertainment Software Association. After more than two decades of hosting an event that has served as a central showcase for the US and global video games industry, the ESA has decided to end E3, President Stanley Pierre-Louis said in a statement. We know the entire industry, players and creators alike, have a lot of passion for E3. We share that passion. We know, it's a diffi- we know it's difficult to say goodbye to such a beloved event, but it's the right thing to do given the new opportunities our industry has to reach fans and partners. E3 was created in 1995 as a means for retailers to meet with game publishers. The event quickly became the tentpole of the industry calendar, attracting millions of eyes and media coverage from around the world. However, in recent years, many game publishers questioned its relevance as the digital world empowered them to reach out directly to their audiences. The pandemic turbocharged this shift, and despite attempts at resurrecting E3, it never recovered. Rest in peace, E3. We loved you. We did know you. Um, Alison, I, 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 I take, I take no glory from this. This is one bit, you know. I give Jeff Keeley a lot of shit, right? And I know he's good for the internet, and a lot of people love Jeff, but I think he's tactless as fuck when he, when he jumps on these announcements and he immediately shares, you know, the next summer games fest, the next award shows, and just like Jeff, have a little bit of class here, mate. Do you know what I mean? This, this was a great show for for us gamers. You've got your beef with them. That's fine. But us gamers grew up with this. Um, and these were special, special. It was our Christmas, you know. It was a nerd's Christmas. Um, this obviously is not surprising, you know. To be fair, you know, PlayStation pulled out. I think is that five years ago now they pulled yeah. out. Um, and you know, listen, like like the article said that I that I took this from. COVID certainly didn't help. This push into sort of the whole world pushing into Teams calls and things. Um, you know, mm-hmm. someone someone once tweeted out that they were a publisher now. I'm trying to think who it was. But anyway, it cost between their booth at E3, their their travel, blah, blah, blah. They reckon it cost them $100,000 to go to, to, to participate at E3. Now, that wasn't, that wasn't someone like Sony or Ubisoft or Activision. That was like, you know, a, a smaller sized studio. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Like, yeah. I can, I, I totally understand it. I totally understand, you know, we're in the, we're in the digital age now, but this is still a shame. I, I take no pleasure from this, but it's, you know, it's, it's definitely yeah. end of an era stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's it is sad, um, in a way, because, um, as I say, it was game as Christmas E3 and, um, you know, the, the conferences especially were, were really the highlight of the, the year in terms of announcements and new trailers and and release dates and all that sort of stuff uh and uh there's been some incredible presentations over the years and some really f- crap ones as well that were really funny <laughs> that you know entertaining in another way um but yeah i mean even before covid it was very clear that platform holders in particular i mean sony were really the first big platform holder to duck out you know just had the thought that well this costs a lot of money it's a lot of logistics uh, um we can do this ourselves you know we can do this all in-house 
we can reach an even bigger number of people uh, just through social media channels and uh, YouTube and such. Um, so there's really no need for us to be here anymore, you know, and um, eventually that, you know, more and more publishers um, went into that. And then COVID just completely, you know, transformed the kind of yearly announcement cadence as well, um, yeah. where everybody had to do it anyway because they couldn't do an E3. And I think that just made everybody realize that actually there's just no point doing this anymore. Um, you know, obviously the, the, you still have um, some that, that do it. Microsoft is still committed to kind of, you know, certain elements of what was E3. Uh, and they may still do their own thing um, around that time. Um, but yeah, it's just, it just made sense that it, it was going to go, you know, and obviously Keely rose up in, in, <laughs> yeah, in that vacuum. Like a phoenix from the yeah. pissed on ashes. Yeah. Yeah. And just, and you know, he's really <laughs> kind of taking it as his own, which is, which is pretty impressive. Um, you know, that Summer Games Fest now is, is the new E3 and it's not as yes. good by any, by any means. It's, it's nowhere near the same sort of thing, but. It's something at least yeah. um, to to kind of rally around that time of year, which which is nice. Um, but yeah, and, the, and the, I think as well, there was also just the idea from from publishers and platform holders that they don't need to be all in the same period. Um, Correct. Which Correct. is is crap for us because it's great when you have everything announced at one time. Yeah. But it's better in terms of reach and recognition for for you know publishers and such to you know drop yeah, it at, yeah. at any time during the year you know and, and get maximum eyes on it so yeah, even it, to be know. honest with you even even summer games fest i, I find too much like because obviously you had like the main announcements and then and then after you then had like devolvers one you had like the yep. indie one and then then xbox did another i'm like this even that was too I'm like i'm not quite I, lot, I watched yeah. the main show and that was it i'm like not nah i'm out you know because yeah. i've watched two and a half hours of jeff sparkly shoes i'm okay I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah, no. yeah. I've seen what I need to see. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that, no so, that's fair. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Well, I mean, there'll just be more of that going forward. Yeah. But just um, fair enough. Listen, it, it's fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's what it at is. Least, at least we are getting something. Do you know what I mean? It's not, I know yes. obviously we're not getting E3, um, but for us, for us nerds, it's, uh, these things are great. But it's, yeah, yeah. it's just, a, I just think it's, it's a bit of a shame, you know, even though it's, yeah, I've it's, got the alternative. Cool. Yeah. Um, not a good week. Or to be fair, I'm going to say it's not a good period for for Sony in terms of hacks and their fucking IT department. Um, it seems Insomniac has reportedly been hit by a cyber attack that threatens to expose sensitive data about the company, its employees, and its upcoming games. As reported by Cyber Daily, ransomware group Residia has published data online which appears to correspond its claims that it successfully hacked a Sony-owned studio. The gang's proof-of-hack data is said to include an annotated screenshot with Insomniac's upcoming Wolverine game, plus artwork that would reveal that other Marvel characters are set to feature in the PS5 title. It also appears to include employee passport scans, a personal document related to Spider-Man voice actor Yuri Lowenthal, internal emails and confidential documents. The Reseda gang is threatening to publish their stolen data in seven days and is also hosting an auction for it with a starting price of 50 bitcoins, which is approximately £1.75 million. Pounds. Sony Interactive Entertainment said in a statement issued to VGC that it's looking into reports that Insomniac has been hacked but has confirmed it has happened um this is first of all it's shit 
for shit for Insomniac because a bit like when Rockstar got hacked, no one, no one. I don't take any. I've not looked at any of it. I'm like, I don't want to see this. This this stolen stuff. This is theft. So I'm not looking. I'm not giving mm. it any time of day. But the bit for me is employee stuff. Uh, that, yeah. That's that's not good, man. That's not good. See if you steal data that's 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 Wolverine, whatever. Yeah, okay, that's one thing. But employee data—that's that's bullshit. That's people's livelihoods. That's their, that's their own personal. That's there's apparently there's passport photos and stuff in it. Yeah. Um, but again, I just—how does this fucking happen? Like, yeah, who yeah. who's made a stupid mistake? Like, a bit like Rockstar. Who has clicked on a phishing email and given access to what's it, what's the platform called again? Um, they all fucking use um whatever it is, you know, that they all store things on. Um. Like, I don't get how this happens, but yeah, yeah. Um, aye, not um, not great. This I must admit. Yeah, I mean it's um, yeah, it's 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 not good as as you say. There's there's it, it, none of it's good, but you know if you get you know if Rockstar have dev footage of GTA Six leaked, it's not the end of the world, and it's not. Yeah. You know, it's it's really crap for them as a studio, the developers, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and the same here, you know, having um, screenshots of Wolverine leaked and concept art and all that stuff. Like that's not that's not good because they don't want to show the game then. But it, but I think they could get over that. It's it's when you know it's sensitive information to individual employees, you know, and documentation and that sort of stuff. That's really bad um, because actually a lot of bad things can emanate from those things being sure. leaked in the in the public domain. Um so yeah, um feel really sorry for for Insomniac. I'm sure they'll be fine. Um yeah. well, well, but, well what I would what I would say is is that the, the ransom 1.75 million. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm going to say it, pay it. <laughs> you know what I mean? They ain't asking a lot, are they? You know? I think they're kind of on the think, low side there, you know. I think the thing is though that you know these Typically, like ransomware demands, you don't you don't want to pay that, and you probably shouldn't because they'll just do it, it over and over and over. Yeah, it incentivizes them to do it again. So I can't see Sony actually doing it. I think they'll, you know, pursue whatever whatever means they can, legal and otherwise, to to stop that documentation from being leaked and yes. and try and do what they can. Um, but it's it's more damage mitigation, I think, that they need to do, which which they will be doing. You know, it'll be all hands on deck. Um, but yeah, um, and also like, who's? I don't really understand. Like, I'm not. It it just seems weird to, to Insomniac in particular. You know, obviously a big studio and stuff, but. Um, I know. It, how, like, how, do you, how do you click an email that says, Oh, look at this photo I found of you? Oh, click. Yeah, it's, you, it's very strange. How, how are you that uh, stupid in this day and age? Because ultimately, that's that's my understanding how these things happen. You basically mm. you let someone in inadvertently. They've, it's, yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. that's what it is. It's you know, but yeah, listen, what I would say is see if it can happen to Rockstar, it can happen to fucking anyone. Oh, yeah, it? so yeah, absolutely. Know, yeah. Um, it's, it's, and it's a real shame. Yeah, I, it is. And do you know what? And the thing is, is that, you know, I I watched 
I want to say I watched 30 seconds of that Rockstar footage. I didn't, I barely looked at any. I'm like, yeah. okay, that's what it is. It's, it's, it's alpha footage. Yeah, okay. Uh, just a uh, curiosity got the better of me, but I, I gave it 30 seconds went and closed off and looked at it. I'm like, but end of the day, this is not what they want us to see. And someone's stolen this. Well, I'm not interested. Do you know what I mean? You're a fucking scumbag yeah. as far as I'm concerned. This, this is people's hard work. So I think no solace from that. I've, like I said, I, I don't even know what's in these screenshots if what the content is i'm i'm genuinely not fucking interested eh? um yeah i saw the the game so i saw the two screenshots because it it came across them on my twitter feed someone had Mm -hmm. extracted them and and it's like it's not it's nothing you know what i mean it's like it's it's in it's like it shows wolverine being a third person game oh wow yeah that's that's it you (laughs) know what i mean information exactly yeah nothing that we we didn't know Okay. Um, but, but like some of the like, and that's all I've seen from it, and I'm not interested in seeing anything else, whether yeah. from about Wolverine or anything from this leak. But like, one thing that does really piss me off as well about leaks like this, and and luckily I think Rockstar managed to avoid it. But stuff like you know when there's you know Marvel characters that are going to appear in Wolverine to get leaked so early that's super disappointing uh none of it insomniac's fault but that's super disappointing because then they, those can be in the public realm and talks about and that's a really big spoiler you know that ruins yeah. some of the enjoyment of that game you know having i mean again everybody knows there was going to be other characters than wolverine from marvel in a wolverine a marvel wolverine game but you know the fact that some of those identities might be out there is is really disappointing because it means that there's plenty of scope between now and it releases for that to leak online and then you might stumble across it for no fault of your own and then oh you've had a big surprise spoiled you know and it's and it's it dampens your enjoyment of the game to some extent not a massive one but you know it it would for me for example so just just stuff like that it ruins it for every all of this stuff ruins it for everyone it's not just the developers like you know it's 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 other stuff as well so yeah well obviously that 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 gta 6 trailer that got leaked 12 or yeah. 4 and Rockstar yeah. just went fuck it here it is 10 minutes later they, they released it themselves yeah. didn't they so yeah. um, they were, I mean they must again it's shit for them they, I mean those those devs that were excited for that launch that worked in that trailer to see their work then not just be stolen be released but then having to put it out early they, they were probably all anticipating that they maybe even had an office party ready for that to go live at what was it yeah. two o'clock uk time give or take and it's just yeah. like ugh, i just yeah, it's a bit shit it's a bit shit man yeah. this is this is people's livelihoods here you know i get a little bit sentimental with this stuff you know I'm, I'm a big sap at heart sometimes you know and yeah i have no time for that shit yep <laughs> um okay um moving on to what's probably the, the, the main talking point and Glad by just by coincidence, look, you're here because this is for me. This is your area of expertise. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> sure. lean into here, um, mm. and all is not well. We think uh, at Bungie, and the story has kind of came out in the last sort of couple of weeks or a week or so that Sony is expected to take full control of Destiny developer Bungie if the studio fails to meet the financial targets it was set after it was acquired last year. That is, of course, that is of course according to an extensive report on IGN, which cites multiple current employees. According to the report, Bungie is currently a fully independent subsidiary within Sony with a board of directors that is split between PlayStation executives and those of Bungie. Bungie CEO Pete Parsons has the tiebreaker vote, with fellow board members including PlayStation Studios boss Herman Hulst, Sony SVP Eric Lempel, Bungie CTO Louis Viegas and studio co-founder Jason Jones. 
However, sources tell IGN that Bungie leader said shortly after the recent round of layoffs, which saw around 100 people let go, that if the studio does not reach certain financial goals, Sony can dissolve the split board and take full control. The hotly anticipated Destiny 2 expansion The Final Shape has been delayed into the next financial year and Bungie is still investing in work in Marathon, so staff believe the studio is struggling to meet the targets required to retain its independence. Bungie staff previously told IGN that the October layoffs were made by Bungie rather than Sony and were attributed to the underperformance of Destiny 2 in the past year as well as lower than expected pre-orders for The Final Shape. Sources say the layoffs, combined with other cost-cutting measures, such as a hiring freeze, reduced travel budgets, the cancellation of holiday bonuses, reduction of yearly studio performance bonuses, has significantly impacted morale, creating a, quote, soul-crushing mood within the company. There's also the expectation that further layoffs will follow if the final shape underperforms. Um... Lot to take in, obviously, with 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 with, with Bungie recently. Um, but obviously, yeah. this story for me is pretty significant in this notion that if it fails to hit targets, Sony can go fuck you. You're no longer independent because that obviously goes against everything that we heard and and and, and was announced when when the acquisition was made. So, my first question to you is: Is that normal you know when these acquisitions are made is that something that sony or any other company would have potentially put in uh in terms of the independence well and sorry in in terms of them saying if you don't meet your target so your independence you might not be independent forever your independence is depending on you hitting criteria gotcha um Actually, it's kind of the inverse. So the idea that you acquire a company and then it remains independent, uh, which is a bit of a a bit of a fallacy, really, in the corporate world, because a company, like, to, if you just pair it back and bear with me a minute, a, a company is what does a company mean? It effectively means the interests of its shareholders in total, right? Members as a whole, um, and so if um, I own a company, I'm 100% the owner, then actually what the directors of the company are doing is they are making decisions in my interest as a shareholder, in my best interest. Um, so the idea, I did find it weird when Sony acquired Bungie and they said, well, they're going to operate as an independent subsidiary. That's not really how that works as mm. such because Sony, through a you know a pr- pr- probably quite complex holding structure, hold Bungie, right? Yes. They are the parent of Bungie. So the the board of Bungie are always making decisions, in any case, in Sony's interests, right? In their parents' interests. But uh, but the notion of, of having um, a subsidiary that, I suppose, doesn't have any direct influence from its parent is, is one that does exist, and I've seen that. And, the, and a structure like that that they put in place in terms of achieving certain targets to keep that going, then that that does exist. It's not used very often because you don't have the independent subsidiary structure very often. But when <laughs> yeah. that is used, it can be used. Is is the long winded answer. So, um, so I get I get what what Sony have done and what Bungie have agreed to and the the structure of that. Um, so that that can happen. Um. And then, I mean, I guess 
you know, it's interesting the way that they've implemented that is at board level, you know, to effectively have um, Sony's presence on, split, yeah. Yeah, on the board be the minority so that, you know, Bungie can, by Bungie, I mean Pete Parsons and the rest of the, let's say, native Bungie board can uh, make decisions um, independent of Sony. You know, they don't, they only, they would only need a majority um, of their board let's say they're part of the board to actually make decisions and such so so that all makes all makes sense um yeah i I guess it's it's interesting i mean i don't think bungie would have anticipated really dropping off this hard in terms of revenue targets i think it was 45 percent that they were expected to miss revenue which is an absolutely huge huge amount but but i am gonna i'm glad you've you've said that because I'm in sales, right? It's, it's what I do for a living. Yeah. Now, being 50% down is is massive. But what we yeah. don't know is what was the sales target? What Because it's not 50% down on last year's revenue. 50% down on their target, on their yes. budget. Which doesn't yeah. mean that people seem to think, oh, they're 50% down, they've lost 50%. They haven't. Yeah, no, no. They maybe no. just set, like, like my work did this year, set the most unrealistic budget known to fucking man that none of us are making. So yeah. that's the bit we don't know. Yeah, okay, it's 50% back on budget, but they could still be up on last year. It could be the same. It could yes, be dying. Could we, be. We, we, just, yeah. we just don't know, and we'll never know that. So it might not be as doom and gloom as we think. They, they may, you know, for, all, for all we know, Pete Parsons went, we're going to make $100 million this year because this is going to sell and this is going to sell. But in actual fact, that hasn't fucking happened because he's, he's overshot his load. That's a thing as well. That yeah, I just wanted and, to put in. That's, no, yeah. that's, that's exactly right. And also, it, it, it could very well be that um as part part of the the acquisition deal that the targets that were set were not set by Bungie they were set by Sony um ah, you know so, okay. so, yeah. so it, it most likely Sony being the buyer that they would have you know come up with what they thought were realistic targets or, or um, perhaps uh, you know because remember that there's this power and there's this kind of power balance going on here when when the acquisition's actually happening which is sony i'm sure sony want wanted to at the time have you know quote unquote full control you know have control over the board and at all levels of bungie but bungie were obviously very reticent to do that because they like being independent but equally bungie want you know significant funding for future stuff so there would have been that balance going on about okay, well, if this arrangement is going to work, what what are the um, you know what are the milestones or the performance targets that need to happen for that to remain the status quo? So I would imagine that Sony have probably you know obviously Bungie have agreed to them, um, but Sony have probably set these you know and they've they've Bungie have said okay you know we'll 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 go for that. So that's both kind of a Bungie and Sony issue at that point. It's not just either one. But as you say, like that doesn't mean that Bungie aren't making money or anything like that. They're probably still quite profitable and they're probably still making a lot of money. But it's just the fact that they, whatever that projected target is, they're coming way underneath that. And that is more a concern longer term, you know, not not right now, but I mean, it certainly is right now if you're the, Bungie native Bungie section of the board because you don't want to relinquish control, but um, 
it's really interesting stuff actually um yeah and i just I, ju- I do just wonder what those targets were and, and how they're alive but we'll never know see in my head as well this is maybe naive but obviously when sony was obviously in discussions with bungie about the purchase about the price i can mm. only assume that pete parsons and co said to sony this is what we've got coming out this 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 obviously expansion destiny this expansion yeah. and this is what we look this is what we're looking to make you know in 2023 2024 2025 2026 blah blah yeah and we're developing marathon and we need this now presumably within that they all had their they had projections that made up to the valuation so is there the potential that they've overestimated to then, I don't want to say mislead Sony because that's the wrong words, but because they, mm. they were maybe just being genuine that they thought this was going to sell more than it did. Because obviously at the end of the day, you know, Bungie's, sorry, Destiny 2 is not doing great at the moment because the content's not being great by all accounts. It's not as if people are walking away just for the sake of it. It seems as though that people are kind of walking away because it's not been that great. But I kind of thought, well, maybe they've overestimated it as well that yeah sony's maybe setting targets but if they've been told by by pete parsons we're going to make 300 million dollar profit this year sony yeah. if i take that at face value going yes yeah, this is great look at look how much money they're making yeah this is a great acquisition based on that but it obviously hasn't came to fruition either i guess so yeah yeah it's uh valuations a really complex question uh in terms of how that's arrived at because um I won't go into too much detail on it because it's really fucking boring, actually. But, uh, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. it's basically a, f- a figure that's arrived at through something called EBITDA, and then you yeah. use a multiplier of it, and it's quite industry standard in M&A. Um, but a big factor of what goes into that around acquisition is actually goodwill in terms of, you know, the um, the perceptive market value of the company, not just what's on its books and all its assets and its intangibles and its debt, you know, that kind of stuff. So that makes up a chunk of that. So we don't know how that was arrived at either. But obviously, I think, you know, if you look at it, you know, Bungie got a good price for themselves. Uh, Well, I should say Bungie, the shareholders of Bungie got a pretty good price for themselves. Um, And, uh, you know, I think 1.2 billion of that was earmarked for uh, for employee retention as well. So it's not all just... Bungie yeah, valuation. over the next it's, ten it's, years, yeah. isn't it? That's one. This yeah. one billion, which obviously again makes a mockery, I suppose, of the of the layoffs. But yeah, 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 yeah. It, it does. Um, but yeah, I think I think you're right in the at least in the you know, Sony when you when you get you know when you're as a buyer you're going into the acquisition stuff you get your hands on everything with a company, right? You get you do your diligence um, and your Legal advisors, your um, commercial advisors, they get their hands on everything to do with the company. Yeah. So they can see everything, you know, your um, accountants, etc. will also go really, really ham on that stuff. And obviously, they would have seen the complete roadmap for Bungie, what they've got coming up, what their projections were for sales, for expansions and stuff. And obviously, they will have arrived at a figure through, through negotiation. Um I don't know, like maybe Bungie overestimated potentially how much they were going to be able to sell in terms yes. of, I think, I think one of the things as well that I guess you have to look out for in this stuff is, is Bungie or, you know, at least short term, um, their, a lot of their revenue would be dependent on destiny, obviously, or the vast majority. And a lot of that would have been, um, 
you know, recurring revenue, so uh, microtransactions and that and that sort of stuff. Perhaps the one thing they didn't figure or, or really heavily factor in was how much of a flop Lightfall was um, and how much transient impact that had on player retention and uh, and then after that, you know, uh, microtransaction revenue and stuff because that seems to have really, really done very poorly for them. And I think yeah. mainly one of the reasons why they're in the position that they're in. Uh, so, you know... It sometimes I guess maybe internally they thought that that was going to be a really successful expansion, for example, and that it was you know internally being reviewed very highly and stuff, and then it's come out and it's not, and that's that's had a big impact on everything else. So um, yeah, I, I think it's really interesting, but yeah, I, the one thing I will say as well is I really hate this idea, and I've I've seen it talked about sometimes where people say, oh, uh, Bungie, um, Sony will you know they'll they'll hostile take over Bungie. You know, this is what that is. It's a hostile takeover. <laughs> That's just that that is such a poor like it's such a shockingly incorrect use of that terminology. It's no you oh, can't really? hostile okay. Yeah, you can't hostile takeover an entity that you own. You own it already. A hostile takeover is like a, a takeover where, you know, the shareholders don't want to be bought out of a company, but you through various means you're able to do so. That's a hostile takeover. That's not what nice. this is. This is this is this is the parent, Sony enforcing potentially depending on what bungie do it's rights under you know acquisition agreements that both parties have signed uh as to the makeup of the board of directors of bungie that's all this is like that's you know and it's shit for bungie if this comes to pass i think um but you know at least in terms of given that they want to be independent from sony in some sense uh but equally it's it's sony trying to safeguard what a significant investment is it's made so um it may feel it's in a better position to do that yeah i i think you've actually brought up a a good point about shit for bungie it's funny you say that because i was just thinking there it's shit for bungie but it's also shit for for example naughty dog i was thinking well it's shit for bungie because you imagine you you're a developer at bungie you've been bought by playstation so or bought by sony so yeah. and you've been told you're remaining independent. So you're going, that's great. So we've we've nothing's going to change day to day for me, but we've yeah. got future safeguarded budgets. Great. So as an employee, you're going fantastic, and you've been bought and publicly you have been told and you've read that you've been bought because you want you as an employee as a company to help SIE PlayStation's future live service because we're fucking used. We don't know what we're doing. We need your help. Yeah. Great. That sounds great. And now suddenly, a year later, your board goes and you've brought in PlayStation board members that don't know. And it's like, mm. it doesn't read well, does it? Um, like, no, it's, yeah, yeah. Like, not, I'm trying not to use my own work as an example here. You never know who's listening, but it's it's a similar idea. You get you get bought over a few years ago. They don't know the market. They don't know a, a part of the a part of the industry and, and things can go downhill. It's like, that's, that's not a good look. And then if you think about Naughty Dog, you know, they, they've, by, again, by all accounts, nothing's been confirmed, but, you know, it looks as though, by reporting, that Bungie kind of put a sort of semi-kibosh on, on factions, or certainly pushed it yeah. back a bit, because mm. they didn't think it was quote-unquote sticky. And now you're Naughty Dog, or you work for Naughty Dog, you're a developer, then you're going, well, what the fuck? They're not, they're house yeah. ain't clean. They're telling yeah. us our product's not good enough. Look at the fucking nick of them. Mm. This, I, I, 
don't think this looks good from a few avenues, as much as it might all be above, above board in terms of business. I yeah. think the sort of ground level, employee level, it's not a great look. No, no. And, and, and as, you know, all that, the thing as well is that all this stuff that's going on at board level, at high management level, that all has a, um, uh, you know, a transient impact on, on, you know, your animators, your narrative design team, you know, uh, programmers, etc. because it just creates uncertainty as to work environment. And that's not good for anyone. Yeah. Um, even if nothing's happening day to day, but you've got murmurings of stuff going on above you that creates, you know, nervousness and anxiety. And, and that's just not good for, for working. And, and now as well, because of all this stuff, you know, because management will want to try and hit revenue targets, you can see the, the impact it's having on, as in the, the game industry report, you know, on the rest of staff. So not just, not just layoffs of which are really bad, but all the other cost cutting stuff. So, you know, reduced travel budgets, holiday bonuses have been cancelled. That all then mixes in more kind of depression, anxiety, worry yeah. about your workplace and your job. And that that doesn't lend itself to performing well, which is the thing that they need to do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like the thing that they need to push. Um so it's just it, it just won't be a pleasant place. And as you say, there's 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 worse optics as well, you know, in terms of uh, well the, the different optics that are also bad in terms of um you know, Sony's kind of overarching message when they bought Bungie and, and Bungie management's message. And now that's kind of unraveled pretty quickly um, yep. because Sony are worried about this company. Like, make no mistake, Bungie aren't in danger of folding or anything like that. I no. mean, it's not nowhere near anything like that. It's, but it it's still, you know, they're still missing targets. And when, mm. when stuff misses targets, you know, stuff invariably changes. Um, yes. So uh, you, you know they had this before. You had this with, um, if you remember, Sony Santa Monica years ago when yeah. they released Ascension. You know they were working on that other IP, and then Sony ended yeah, up the laying space off. one, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. They ended up laying off loads of employees, and it took them years to get back up. And now they're you know one of the probably most successful is. studios. Yeah. You know, probably the darling and rumor, of Sony. And rumor has it re remaking that space game. Um, yeah, or at least a yeah. space game. Uh, yeah, yeah, so, or a one. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to think it's the same one. Yeah, no, it's a cool story. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so it, a lot of this stuff is cyclical as well. So I don't think anybody sure. needs to be concerned about where Bungie are going, but it's it, it is concerning if you're a member of uh, Bungie staff. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Yeah, the next, I think the next. 24 months no well maybe maybe three years for Bungie because i think obviously you've got the final shape and then you 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 like to assume that marathon will be out by 2026 so yeah interesting two three years coming out for Bungie and sony for sure yeah yeah for sure definitely and and lastly we've we've gotten past the month so that means we have some sales figures to talk about and once again the ps5 delivers a big month for the console market here in the uk using gfk data over 486,000 consoles were sold in the uk during november a sharp rise of 176 percent month on month and up 32 percent over november last year that was due to heavy discounting around Xbox, PlayStation and Nintendo consoles over the Black Friday period. The PS5 accounted for practically half of the game's console sold during November. PS5 sales were up 149% month on month and up 126% over last November. 
In second place for the month was the Xbox Series S and X, which saw a hefty 231% sales jump month on month, again due to Black Friday discounting. Compared with November 2023, Xbox sales are up 4%. Nintendo Switch to third spot with sales up 175% month on month, but down 19% over the same period last year. Year to date, console sales dropped 12% over the year before, driven by improved sales for the PS5. Elsewhere, 1.275 million peripherals and accessories were sold in the UK across November, which is a rise of 118% over October, but down 3.5% over last November. The new PlayStation Portal debuted at number 5. Um, great for the portal, by the way. Obviously, it's sold out fucking everywhere. Um, yeah. Just the other day, I was like, I might now get... No, no, you're not getting one yet. It seems... Uh, <laughs> no. Yeah, delighted to see uh, such a useless piece of shit that no one wants peripheral doing really well. So that's good. Um, <laughs> but once again, you know, PS5 is just... They, I never... Do you know, I didn't think this 25 million would, would be attainable, you know, by the end of March. But fuck, mm. it's going to be close, like... It's gonna yeah. be close. With some like every month, the increases year on year. You start doing the mental math. You're going, fuck. I tell you what, they're not gonna be far off here. Which is some, yeah. which is some um, into the, uh, the 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 Jim Ryan era, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's doing very well. I mean, you know, they're well, they've home home free now from the kind of horrible shortage period that they had yes. uh, and, and that's been reflected in the sales which are just you know year on year they're just huge increases yeah uh, but even combined. then it's year on year when even last year was a great year that's the thing it's, it yeah. was the year yeah, before it was, yeah. it's the thing people yeah. keep thinking about all oh, the shortage in covid but that was actually 18 months ago since that was alleviated yeah. really you know so it's it's yeah it's big numbers yeah so they're doing they're doing very well and uh yeah, I mean, yeah, the the twenty five million figure uh, or whatever, whatever it is. Um, yeah, I think they'll run it close yeah. uh, if if it keeps up, particularly with the holiday sales and stuff. Um, you know that they're, they're doing very very well, and then yeah, the the portal. Uh, you know, selling like I mean, I've got one by the way. Um, oh, but, nice, nice. Yeah, what do you think? So, yeah, it's good. It's a good like it needs some extra stuff. They need like some yes. simple stuff they can do on the software side. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they fix that, and also I'd quite like them to up the bitrate streaming. Um, if they can do that, I've, like I think it's genuinely a really cool product. I was I was using it yesterday, um, playing uh, Valhalla, Ragnarok oh, Valhalla on it, um, nice. just laying down. It works very well. It's well made. Um, it's great. Like I really enjoy it. And I think, you know, if you've got the right connection on that thing um, and you've got the game in front of you, it, it can feel and look very close to a native game, which is impressive. Um, so yeah, if, if they can just do a few software tweaks and uh, maybe just increase the, the bit rate of remote play, uh, just, just a tad uh, so that, you know, a stronger signal, uh, stronger uh, connections and, and Wi-Fi speeds can, can get more out of it. Then I think it'll be, be really good, but it doesn't surprise me too much. I mean, the thing is, they can put out anything at the minute. I think PlayStation, and it will sell. You know what I mean? Oh, like, it is. yeah, um, yeah. We, I, I speak about this a lot about you know, like Sony following in that Apple footsteps of, of yes, creating this, so. this this ecosystem that you don't want to and can't get out of. Um, yeah, and it's and it's it's been a it's it's a two hundred IQ move. That yeah, okay, they stole from Apple, but particularly in games consoles where. 
you can easily fluctuate, especially when 90... I want to say the figure is 90, is it 97% of games are cross-platform? So it's very mm. easy to switch. So there's very few games tying you to a console. So yeah. it's, so that so that retention is massive. Um, yeah. So yeah, so little things like this all fucking help, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. so uh, yeah, they're, they're doing well. They're doing very well. Yeah, so um, Jim Ryan's uh, sign-off bonus might be a uh, pretty fucking significant. If he hits up twenty-five million, I guess. Well, he's be... fired, didn't you? Didn't you hear? I mean, <laughs> he's already, he's already gone. Yeah, so. fired with uh, with cookies with his face on it. Nice. Yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah, and a, and a firing, leaving pie. Yeah, um, I know. yeah, ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, um, he, he's. I mean, he's going out on the, the highest of highs in terms of performance of, of PlayStation, really. Yes. So uh, he, you know, he's he's timed it very well in terms of his leaving yeah yeah again it's just obviously curious to see what happens in terms of um and in, in terms of future ceos and stuff it's funny obviously yeah. with that bungee on on the board member one of the people that i suggested is probably or possibly in line but yeah i don't know why they've not announced it yet is actually that eric lempel um mm. He was actually one because he is he is the well the marketing director that is and that is where obviously Jim Ryan came from. He was one that goes well. He's he's that's the natural successor. But then you think, well, why is it not announced yet? If it's going to be him, you know. So um, I think yeah, he's been, I, he's been at PlayStation for thirty years as well. So yeah, and I I found it uh, quite interesting as well because you'd think someone like Herman Holst would be able to do that because actually his uh his background was um marketing as well mm-hmm. like yep. so uh and and he also worked at i think he did consultancy work for, for stuff like ernst and young um back in his day and, and Anderson, oh really i didn't the, know that yeah and all that kind of stuff so oh, the, like before okay. he got into games and then obviously uh, kind of swift kind of went forward from there but like he's got that background in terms i didn't of being know able... that right okay. yeah so that's uh, more interesting and, then yeah so but again you would think you know that they seem like Sony as a whole to, I, I, I don't know, you know, that the point of uh, Totoki coming in is, is a, as an interim CEO until like towards the end of next year, and then they'll make yes. a permanent appointment, I think it is. So uh, I think that's quite interesting because, you know, I don't know what they're looking for, uh, because you would think if it was Lempel or Hearst, they would have just made that decision pretty early uh, exactly. on, done a quick, yeah, yeah. quicker transition over, but it might be that they just want time to actually look at both of those and other people and think really have a good think about who they want and, and who's best to lead it. But yeah, I don't know. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting anyway to see who, who that, that person is. Yeah. Um, well, the one thing is, is that if you look, if you look at the Sony board, if you look at the SIE board, most of them are all, 10 20 30 years it's not so yeah, there's probably yeah. a few people that they've probably put their hat in as well so there's maybe a bit yeah. of that going on do you know what i mean it's maybe not just as simple as we think so um yeah time yeah. will tell on that one but definitely aye, as we as we gear towards christmas anyway i'm sure the ps5 sales are going to continue to oh yeah to impress <laughs> definitely <laughs> okay look that's the show we're done cool we are finished thank you very much no it wasn't lovely thank you very much for uh for joining me and even the two of us we've managed to ramble on for for an hour and, and 40 minutes which is yeah, um, done well it's not, <laughs> but it's been a lot of talking points a lot of things i wanted to kind of just yeah, chat definitely. about and just you know throw shit into the wind and see what happens so cool um nice. sign us off give us um any socials you want and we can we can get the hell out of here 
yeah no thank you for having me again uh you find me uh at luke steel 90 on uh twitter slash x and just follow me there and yeah indeed indeed and i'm sure you'll be on here again soon so um yep. yes and to all the listeners thank you all very much you know as usual you get this 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 uh playstation podcast fortnightly and a reminder you still get the weekly pure dead gaming every thursday 9 a.m uk time every week on the dot as per and um thank you all for listening and goodbye